Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Neil Manthorpe and we'll be joined by the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison and New Zealand cricket commentator Dan McHardy to look back at day two of the first test between New Zealand and England at Mount Monganui at the Bay Oval with England closing on 79 for two, a lead of 98 runs after they earlier bowled the hosts out for 306 in reply to their own. 325 for nine. We'll get exclusive reaction from both camps, discuss the brilliance of Tom Blundell and his 138, and we'll look ahead to a crucial third day of the Test match. So plenty to come over the next 20 minutes or so. You're listening to the following on podcast. New Zealand resumed today on 37 for 3 after a torrid final session on day 1, replying to England's 325 for 9. And uh, they, they gritted it out. Um, they lost wickets at regular intervals through the first session and halfway through the second session. And uh, we're in more than a spot of bother at 83 for 5, even 158 for 6. But Tom Blundell, the uh, wicketkeeper who came in at number 7, having been uh, scheduled to come in at number 6, went on to complete a fourth test century, a second against England, a second at home in New Zealand, finishing with a quite brilliant 138 to take uh, his team from the perils of 182 for seven to a total of 306 all out. He was given support at the other end. Opener Devin Conway made a fine 77, um, but um, I think we're going to hear... We'll interrupt that uh, summary. No, we won't. We'll carry on. We've... uh, we're waiting for a reaction from uh, both camps, but uh, let me just uh, carry on with that summary. There was some uh, fine performance from Devon Conway with 77. Uh, Scott Kugeline on debut made 20, but really it was all about Tom Blundell. It's his 138 from 181 balls with 19 fours and uh, a six. In the end, the deficit, which England would have thought would have been well over 100 for most of that innings, in the end it was just 19 England's lead. 
They did lose uh, Ben Duckett for 25 and fellow opener Zach Crawley for 28 in their second innings, but not before an opening partnership of 52. And um, Ollie Pope and Stuart Broad, the Nighthawk, took them through to the close. Pope on 14, Broad on 6. He was dropped uh, before he'd scored. And uh, England, I think, uh, will be well pleased on a, a roller coaster day in which uh, their advantage was snatched away by Blundell, who went through the gears beautifully um, and uh, was <laughs> smashing it at the end in the company of last man Blair Tickner, who came to the crease when he was on 96. In the end, Steve Harmison, England will be satisfied with their day's work. Um, but work it was, and they didn't have things their own way. No, they didn't have it all their own way. They did at times. There were some wickets that New Zealand give. Um, England, England went. Uh, they were, had a simple plan. They, they went obviously when they were going full. They were aggressive with their fields, aggressive into the off stump, off stump length, and then when there was a couple of boundaries and the ball got, uh, the ball started to sort of leak a, a few runs. Ben Stokes was quick to go to the plan B, which was the short ball route, men on the boundary, and and really testing, um, testing the, the the New Zealand players out, and then. In that, in that, um, I think there were some mistakes from from New Zealand, and there was also some good bowling from uh, from from England. Ollie Robinson took four for fifty four. Let's hear from him now. He's with Sam Ellard. Thank you very much, Neil. Ollie, another busy, crazy, hectic day of Test cricket. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was uh, it was a busy afternoon, wasn't it? Um, we felt like this morning it, it nipped around a bit, um, but that as soon as the ball got sort of 40, 50 overs old, it, it's got a bit slower and got a bit harder to, to beat the bat. Um, Tom obviously batted really well, which put them back in the game, um, and it's pretty all square going, going to tomorrow. Yeah, how frustrating was that, though, to have them 80 for five and just sort of allow them to get back into it second inning? Because to be fair, Tom played well, but the tail as well also really hung in there and made it hard work for you and the boys. Yeah, they did. Um, we threw everything at them, really. We bowled bumpers, spin, we tried cutters, we tried tried everything, really. Um, I think with the pink ball, that can happen, though. It can, it can go flat and it can go slow. Um, you can't really shine them and get, keep them swinging, so it, that phase of the game can happen. Um, but hopefully we can come back tomorrow, bang, pile on the runs and bowl them out again. And just for you on a personal note, four more wickets today. Um, you're averaging just above 20, I think, in Test cricket, which uh, isn't bad, is it? Um, how pleased are you with your form, especially since coming back into the team at the back end of the summer? Yeah, it's been really pleasing. Obviously, we all know the, the issues that I had last year. Um, it's nice to come back into the team and put the performances in and get the wickets for the boys. Um, and the environment at the moment is just so, so great to be a part of. And uh, you're obviously bowling today with Anderson and Broad. Do you know why today was a special day for them? thousand wickets was it a thousand wickets between them just how good is it learning and, and and watching those two at their absolute peak yeah amazing um i've played probably a little bit more with jimmy but to play with both of them on the same pitch is just amazing i really enjoy playing with both of them um and i think you can see we're all having a great time with them we know it's tough under the lights england two down and lead just short of a hundred firstly what did you make of that sort of last hour and a half of playing how do you see day three going I thought our boys were top draw there. I, th I think we bowled at them last night and they just they were very defensive. They sort of sit in ducks. I think the way we played tonight shows sort of the, the manner in, w in which we want to play um, and it was pretty impressive. And just one last real quick one. I had the pleasure today of meeting your dad and I knew he was your dad because he had a shirt on with your face all over it, OK? That's, that's proper commitment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've, I asked him not to wear it, but, you know, <laughs> he's gone for it, so... He's proud of you. Yeah, he's biggest fan, isn't he? <laughs> Ollie, well done. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers, thank you.
Oh, well, my goodness me. <laughs> Your dad turns up is one thing, but if he's wearing a T-shirt with your face on it. But he was brilliant, Ollie Robinson, and uh, it's, uh, Sam didn't ask him there about um, how he was feeling um, fitness-wise because he did look to be struggling a bit, didn't he? I mean, and he, he bowled through obvious discomfort. Yeah, he, he did look as though he struggled. I just wonder if it, it was a little bit of a sort of back stiffness, and sometimes when that you have that, sort of back stiffness it actually helps you as a bowler because you then just concentrate on just getting to the crease holding your action and and try and putting the ball in a, in a good area you don't try and uh, sort of go too hard or you try and bowl too fast or so sometimes it can just help and i think because of the the softness of the outfield the hardness of the wicket i think that's probably contributed to what is we know that Ollie Robinson's had had a few back issues, so I don't think there's any structural damage with that. I think it's just natural stiffness because of the surfaces that they are that he's playing on. Um, but sometimes it, it can help having that because you're you're not trying to sort of you know, really over push yourself. You're just trying to sort of get to the crease, hold your action up, let go of the ball in a good area. And to be fair to him, he did that perfectly the day. The only time it did look as though there was any. Um, he was hampered. Was actually in the field when he was chasing a ball, or when he was, yeah, he had to dive for the ball or anything like that. But from a bowling point of view, speeds were up. His lengths were good. He was aggressive in and around that off stump. He went to the bouncer as well. So fair play to Ollie. I think I'm, I'm, I'm really. I can't praise the kid high enough. I was critical at the end of the Ashes. I really was. Joan Lewis, the way he spoke about it. You know, his professionalism at the end of it, I think there was a lot of people crit- critical of him. It takes a big man, it really does take a big man to stand up, admit you're not going in the right direction, and not only put it right, come back actually better than what you were. Fair play to Ollie Robinson. Just as we wait to hear from Tom Blundell, who's the hero of the day, let's have a quick look at the other bowling figures. Jimmy Anderson, 3 for 36. A mark of the, of the genius uh, that we just take that for granted. He's taken three wickets at 12. 3 for 36, quite uh, magnificent. 1 for Stuart Broad. And uh, a word as well for the captain, Ben Stokes, who set the, the leg side bouncer field. And uh, when a wicket was really needed, he did the dirty work himself. Something needed to happen, and he got rid of Devon Conway. He did. He had a word, as as you said to me at, at the break. He's had a. He, he might need Ben Stokes to have a word with his knees here and see if they're okay to to come and try and break that partnership. And he and he did that with the the wicket of uh, of Devon Conway, and that started the the sort of floodgates opening a little bit. And you know, Brodie was more expensive for. For, for what Stuart Broad does, but if you if you remember right, he got hit for two sixes off Neil Wagner, he got hit for three fours in his first over. Two of them, if Jack Leach had been in the right position on the boundary, would have been ones instead of fours, and Stuart will look at that at that as well and take that into consideration. I just thought that was a very, very well, <clears throat> um, well-drilled team. Um, bowl with a good discipline, bowl with a good plan for nine wickets on that wicket, which Ollie Robinson said sometimes it does go a bit flat and it does go a bit slow. And I wouldn't blame them for the last wicket partnership. I just thought it was fantastic batting by Tom Blundell. One wicket for Stokes, one week for, wicket for Jack Leach as well. And um, we're just moments away. I think Sam Ellard is about to speak to, uh, to uh, Tom Blundell. But uh, the wicket for Jack Leach was also very, very special and very, very good captaincy from Ben Stokes. Um, we'll come back to that in a moment. Here's Sam Ellard with man of the moment, Tom Blundell. Tom, I've got to say, I think us English fans are sick of the sight of you. Every time you play against <laughs> us, you seem to score runs. Just sum up how that was out there for you today. Well played. Very good innings. Yeah, it was nice. You know, it's always nice to contribute, um, especially against England as well. You know, you know, I've done it before and it's always nice to sort of continue that on. 
And you had to spend a lot of the innings batting with the tail, with a big first innings deficit still to make up. How did you find trying to sort of hold the innings together? And to be fair to some of the guys lower down the order, they did their bit, didn't they? They hung in there with you. Yeah, they did. You know, the, the tail sort of wagged, which was nice. Um, Scott Kugelheim, the way he came out in bed and um, started off, hitting those two nice boundaries. And then obviously Tex at the end, um, you know, sort of helped me throw it, which was nice. So, um, you know, kudos to those guys. What did you make of conditions out there? Yeah, the wicket's good. Um, you know, the ball didn't probably swing as much um, tonight as we probably wanted, but um, I think the pitch is pretty good um, overall, good for batting. Um, so hopefully tomorrow we can pick up an early wicket and put them under the pump. And we saw England very good with the ball late last night. What did you make of, of conditions late this evening and how do you think you guys bowled there in that sort of last hour and a half to England? Yeah, I thought we brought it back quite well. You know, obviously they got a got off to a good start and I think, um, to, you know, to get a couple of wickets, um, should have been three. Um, but, um, yeah, to get those couple um, early was, was nice and, um, you know, I think we take a bit of momentum going tomorrow. What did you make of Stuart Broad there, the, the Nighthawk we call him at the end there? Have you, I mean, have you ever seen anything like that before? We keep thinking England won't surprise us with new things they try and do, but, you know, a, a bowler coming in the end trying to smack the ball for six is, is, is still pretty special, isn't it, to see? Yeah, it is. I think it's an interesting approach. Um, I've never seen a night watchman um, dance down the wicket uh, first or second ball. So, um, yeah, well, kudos to him. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get him out tomorrow morning. Just that catch there in the air, was it just uh, one of those ones where just lack of communication, that would have been the icing on the cake, wouldn't it, for you for a perfect day? Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, sometimes that sort of happens, but um, you sort of got to put it, move on, and um, it looks pretty funny on TV. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just one of those things. And what's the key tomorrow, bowling to England, to try and take these eight wickets as quickly as possible? Yeah, I think it's just wickets early. Um, obviously, the wicket's pretty good to bat on. Um, if we can sort of maintain their sort of run rate throughout and, and keep on um, getting wickets, you know, who knows. Um, but obviously they're a very good batting side and, you know, the way, the way they're playing the cricket is um, pretty impressive. And we'll leave the final word on your 100, 138 here in New Zealand. Uh, a special crowd here. Just sum up your emotions on a, on a pretty special day after a, a very, very impressive innings. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just pleased, like very, very happy. Um, you know, it probably hasn't sunk in yet, um, but... You know, to get a chance to represent New Zealand at any, any stage, you know, it's always, um, I guess, memorable. And, you know, to score 100 was, was really nice. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely savour this one for a long time to come. Sinking this evening after a nice cold one? Oh, definitely. I think so, yeah. Well played. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. 
In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Exhausting day for Tom Blundell um, uh, with the bat and then uh, behind the stumps. And he thought it was all over when uh, stumps were called. He didn't realise he was going to be interviewed by the whirlwind Sam Ellard. <laughs> yeah, His the, day's work wasn't over. Yeah, he's no, he's had a long day and his day got a little bit longer there with the, you know, the excitable Sam Ellard. And again, another another uh, a great day, but it was, a, it was a nice interview. It was an interview that was, was spoke from the heart and somebody who you know, not only you... you representing your country but it means something when you do something special and I know you get interviewed at the end of a game but to have the 100 and to keep your team in the game um, when things haven't gone you know everything hasn't really gone for, for New Zealand I think that was uh, it was a special innings by Tom Blundell Indeed it was um, so England uh, leading by 97 it would have been a lot more than that um, had uh, Blundell not uh, batted as well as he did. And, you know, we were talking about the, the smaller contributions that don't necessarily make the following on fod- uh, podcast uh, and the match reports in the, the newspapers, the fact that uh, Jack Leach took one wicket um, and uh, that uh, Ben Stokes took a, a vital wicket, that of uh, Devon Conway. Um, Tom Blundell, quite rightly, uh, will dominate the headlines and he will be the story. But um, a little word as well to number 11, Blair Tickner, who came out uh, with uh, Blundell not having reached three figures. He was on 96, um, and uh, he looked a little ropey, a little nervous, not for himself, but for his partner initially. But he got through that, took him 16 balls to get off the mark. He did his job, and he hung around there because New Zealand was still over 50 runs behind uh, when, when Blundell did get to his 50, and Tickner hung in there. Blundell played magnificently and uh, reduced the deficit to 19. Dan McCarty was watching, was commentating with us. Um, and overall, despite the deficit, which may or may not be of consequence, Dan, um, it's, a, it's been a, a day of real, slightly old-fashioned toil compared to England for New Zealand, but they've... I, I don't know. Would you, would you give them the day? Ooh, I think it's tight. Um, as far as, uh, you know, giving the day decided there. They sh- How about this? You, you, you love your long-distance running. Uh, let, let's look at this as a 5K race. They've spotted England quite a start on day number one, and they needed a Sir Murray Halberg-type surge to get back into it. And through two two-and-a-bit sessions, they kind of did. They, they got it back to level pegging. They down. lost it in the last hour. And they? then, do you know what the difference has been? New ball bowling, essentially. Let's look at um, the two periods under lights. Uh, New Zealand last night, 37 for the loss of three in 18 overs. Uh, England was so disciplined, uh, they were threatening. Uh, to quote Devin Conway, who I spoke to prior to today's play, they were different gravy, whatever that means. But they just didn't give me anything. Um, he played well within himself late last night. He just clearly wanted to survive. England weren't out there to survive here on day number two. They were out to be forceful once more. And they were presented with opportunities. And look, they've scored 79 runs for the loss of two and 16 overs. So that's scoring it twice as much as New Zealand were in the conditions which have been favourable. As you would expect, on day number two, probably not going to be as much, even under the lights, there was not. So there was an onus on New Zealand's new ball bowlers. Um, 
to get it right. Unfortunately, Tim Southey aside, that they haven't quite got it right, have they? Neil Wagner, who spent most of his life bowling first change with the new ball, has struggled in both innings, taken off after two overs. That's not my design, is it, uh, Manners? Um, New Zealand really do. I think Matt Henry would have been excellent in these conditions. He's a bit like Robinson and Anderson with that ability to present the full seam and hit the seam and get it to go both ways. And I'm going to say it to myself, it, it would have been nice if they made a phone call to Trent Bolt. I, I think he would have gone all right here. So I, I think that's the chasm between the two sides instead of, you know, with this pink ball we know doesn't swing for long periods of time. We saw it at the start of today when England, they, they looked far less threatening at the start of, of uh, today. So, so they're the two sort of uh, periods within the game where I think they have been able to separate them. Sales from uh, New Zealand at this stage. But credit to, to Devin Conway and Tom Blundell. They played really, really well. Without them, New Zealand would be would be pulling. A DNF, it would be in a 5,000k race, wouldn't it, without those two? Did not finish, indeed. Um, now, if the pitch bats as well on the third morning, as it uh, did on the second morning, and indeed up until the supper break on the second day, if it continues to play well, uh, there will be a little bit of up and down bounce, but not pronounced, I don't think, no, on day yet. three. Uh, um, Somebody's going to have to step up because England are going to score a minimum of 100 runs a session. They're already leading by almost 100. Uh, somebody's going to have to step up. Tim Southey can't bowl 12 overs in the morning session or the afternoon session. Uh, somebody's going to have to really step up. There are two debutants. Um, Michael Bracewell's only been bowling offspin for a couple of, uh, yeah. a couple of years. Um, if, if New Zealand, they need early wickets. Now, we heard from Tom Blundell. He said that himself. I mean, which team doesn't say they need early wickets on any day of a test match? But Tickner and Scott Kugeline, which one of them is going to produce a career-defining performance on debut? Kugeline is by nature an erratic cricketer. He could have that day if there was one I, I feel more confidence in. Tickner looked more at ease here on day number two. I, I felt there was a little bit more rhythm. He's got duck it out now twice uh, in the second one's a good mode of dismissal, bowling a, a slightly fuller length than we've seen on day number one, threatening that outside edge. Good catch by Latham at second slip. He also looked like he was bowling a little bit quicker. We saw him in the low 140s from Tickner, so, so that shows to me he's a lot more rhythm. So I would have uh, faith maybe more so than Kugelon, but, but the man I'm looking to is Neil Wagner. C can he can he reinvent himself again like he did in the first innings after a woeful start? Uh, he picked up four wickets. You don't don't ever exclude him from the equation. I know he's 36 years of age, and, and Jared Kimber explained to us how he's reinvented himself over and over again. He's bowling more along the wicket, trying to swing the ball later in his, uh, his career. Uh, but someone has to provide support for uh, Tim Southey. You're right about Bracewell. Bracewell has to do it. I thought Jack Leach did a very good job for England. Um, allowing the, the, the seamers some time to, to rest and uh, attack in short spells. Anderson bowled four overs, then was off for three hours. That's because Leach did his job, bowled one side of the wicket, dried up the run, so Bracewell will have an important uh, part to play. But I think you're being generous saying England, um, at a minimum, will have 100 runs each season. They, they went at 140 on day number one. You mm, add 200 minimum. Yeah, if you add 280 to the lead... They're in a position at dinner. Sorry, I still can't get my head around the second break. What's it called? That they're in a position where Stokes and McCullum talk about declaring with 15 overs to go tomorrow night. And I think that's a distinct possibility with New Zealand asked to chase around 4-4-20. It just seems in their nature to think about, let's just have another cracker under the lights with Anderson, Robinson and Broad, who I again will use that phrase Devin Conway gave me, a different gravy. 
Ollie Robinson was terrific. Um, James Anderson was 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 wonderful, magnificent. He was just James Anderson. Um, and as I said earlier, there was a wicket each, important wickets as well for Jack Leach and the captain, Ben Stokes. But I think the final word has to go to Tom Blundell. Tell us a little bit more about the character of the man. He, he's he's not um, over the top, is he? I mean, no. He's, he's very within himself, on and off the field, it seems, quite perfectly in control of his, of his emotions. But that was a special innings. He's in control of his emotions because he's played a lot of cricket. He's had to wait and wait for his opportunity uh, behind uh, BJ Watling, who was a wonderful servant for New Zealand cricket. When Watling got injured, which was almost never, he came into the test side, uh, batting at number eight uh, against the West Indies in 2017, scores 100 on day, boo at his home ground at the Basin Reserve, and then just to, to show the character of the man, wandered home, walked home in his whites at the end of that test match with a little uh, wicket memento after that innings victory sort of tucked away in his bag. Uh, Played two tests, then had to wait two more years. And guess what? He's dropped into the cauldron of playing a Boxing Day test in Melbourne as an opener. Scores 100 in the second innings. He's a very malleable player. He's old-fashioned, very, very well organised. Very good against... uh, uh, the quicker bowlers with the cut and the pull, and we saw that when England went to the short pitch approach. Some beautiful pulls and hooks, uh, hitting down the ball on the ball, classical sort of strokes. He he sort of wags the shoulder if you like he's a la MD Crow, who's look, probably looking down, you know, nodding uh, from the skies. There's a real element to Crow about some of those pull shots and the way he uses his feet to the spinners. He's very light on his feet. And came down the wick and hit beautifully over the top, over extra cover, long off uh, uh, against Leach. So uh, 400s now, averaging in the mid-40s as a test player. Today he got 138 runs of the 223 New Zealand scored, and that was mightily impressive. Getting to 100, he got a bit loose after that, chasing some runs, not as a little bit more agricultural, we might say, but uh, what, what a vastly important 59-run partnership between he and Tickner gave New Zealand, you know, Gave that little surge and, and closed the gap, but uh, I, I, I detected quite a bit of disappointment uh, in his voice speaking to Sam. There. Not because he's speaking to Sam, but just the way they've sort of let that lead slip out again, and they're chasing again. I like him too, an, an accountant initially, the way uh, he built his innings, and he was very systematic. Uh, um, and then he turned or more, pretty more, numbers, very pretty numbers. More, he turned he turned from accountant to a surgeon, and then yeah. more of a butcher towards the end, <laughs> didn't he? Um, <laughs> he did. He did, but he's very pleasant on the eye. Lovely man. Great week for him and his family, welcoming a second child. Uh, this will be a week he will remember. It was a very good knock and has kept New Zealand in this game. Well, um, you can follow uh, another series of the uh, Border Gavaskar Trophy in India, as uh, that is also being carried live, ball by ball, um, on uh, TalkSport 2. And uh, you, can, you can keep up to date with that. You can catch up with most of each day after the day's play has finished here in the first test match at uh, the Bay Oval in Mount Manganui. Just to recap, England uh, 325 for nine declared on the first day. New Zealand were bowled out uh, today on day two for 306. And uh, England managed to get through the last hour largely unscathed. They did lose both openers, but not before a half-century opening partnership. Uh, Crawley going for 28 and Ben Duckett for 25. Ollie Pope... And the Nighthawk, Stuart Broad, will resume on the third morning with uh, England on 78 for two. That is an overall lead of 97. From me, Neil Manthorpe, uh, John Norman, Steve Harmison, Dan McCarty and uh, the rest of the team uh, from Mount Manganui. This has been the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 from day two. 
Here's Broad then, first delivery of the morning, and it's over-pitched and it's whipped away for four by Devon Conway. Head high and a towering blow that sails high over the rope into the marquee. A huge six from Wagner. Going to spoon the next one straight to mid-on a big court. Well, after all of that, they've gone full, maybe a slower ball as well, and Wagner is a long way through the shot and a very easy catch. Only Robinson has got the breakthrough. Daryl Mitchell has been deceived. He's been wrapped on the pads. Alim Dahl's finger's gone up. Broaden Anderson for England has got 1,000 wickets between them. And forward comes Conway, driving. Big gap in the offside. He will move to his half-century. He's holding things together. Conway comes down the wicket and launches him high over the bowler's head. Into the crowd. Maybe five metres beyond the white picket bench. That will be that for the session. 138 for five then at New Zealand, starting the session 37 for three. They've added 101 runs. The first over after the drinks break, the first ball is driven very sweetly indeed by Devon Conway through the offside to the cover boundary for four. Conway has pulled it straight to square leg. Stokes has done it. The bouncer strategy has worked. Here's Blundell pulling from outside of off stump. Backward and square down to the fence for four. That is a quite beautiful stroke. Is that a catch? It is. It's gone straight to Ben Stokes, and Jack Leach does take the wicket of Michael Bracewell. As Blundell gets whipped outside of off stump, but a delicious, delicate late cut down towards the third man rope for four. The applause is for a very fine half century from Tom Blundell, and he's uh, made full use of the gearbox. And the revolutions, and that is a, a mighty swing of the bat, and what a way to hit your first boundary, and it's caught in the air. Caught by a spectator as well. As he's bowled him, Ollie Robinson pitches one up. Kugelheim tries to play across the line and uh, Robinson strikes. The players are making their way from the field. That wicket really denting New Zealand. I think if they'd managed to get through just seven down, they would have fancied their chances. Down the wicket he comes. He's got to the pitch of it. He's launched it over long on. Onto the grass banks for six. That's very, very well played. Bardsing Blundell, who just baseballs him straight over second base down to the fence before. Plays a little lap sweep. This will be his hundred. A couple of thousand people on their feet on the grass banks applauding what they know, whichever team they're supporting, has been a very, very fine innings. Anderson again, Fuller down the leg side and clipped away for four. The deficit down to 19, down the track, and Blundell's innings may be about to come to an end, but he's also brought his side back into this match. This one short, punished, with the stain through. Whitish mid on. Gee, he was onto that quickly, Crawley. That is a glorious cover drive. One of the very best you will see. Leans into it, not a full press forward. Hits the ball on the up. And there's an edge in courts. It's Duckett who's got the edge. It's Tickner who's struck, and England lose their first wicket. They all line in, Crawley pulls, gets an edge, it's taken behind, and New Zealand have the second wicket. Top edged it straight up into the air, underneath it is Kugelein himself. Oh, he's left it! Oh my goodness me, Kugelein and keeper Tom Blundell left it for each other. 79 for two England in their second innings. The first innings lead of 19, that puts them 98 runs ahead. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. 
With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.